very good morning to you. It's Money Talk with James Ross. Our guest joining us now, Enzio von File, Capital Preservation Specialist at Financial Shields, and Richard Harris, CEO of Port Shelter Investment Management. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, morning, James. Uh, Nice to have you both on. Um, What do we make of uh, China GDP uh, to start with? That uh, in the headlines, of course, it grew 5.2% in Q4, uh, but trailed market expectations. And on top of that, new home prices uh, falling last month at the fastest pace in nearly nine years. Uh, Richard, do you want to kick it off? Um, What's the the view on China from your side? Well, you know, superficially, the 5% looked about right. It's what people were kind of expecting. But I think, you know, when the news came out, it was a bit of a shock. And the reason is, is the 5% um, is composed of a figure where the, that had a big base effect. That is, last time, uh, the figure was much lower. So this time, the figure should appear higher. Uh, and I think people were expecting something quite a lot higher as China recovered came out of the COVID period. Um, so 5.2 didn't actually really cut it with investors, and that's why the market came off. So maybe they were uh, a bit too optimistic, do you think? I don't know if they actually had a figure in mind. I think just the fact that uh, they maybe expected China was going to show greater uh, reason for recovery, some real reason for recovery. And I think there was also an indication that the authorities are still not prepared to throw a lot of uh, liquidity into the market, as would happen uh, often in other countries when economies were going through difficult periods. And I think those two in combination really meant that the market uh, was going to come off. And of course, Hong Kong of 4%, which is quite a lot, uh, and in fact is now back to 1997 levels, that actually does worse than most because Hong Kong is a very liquid market where people's emotions are reflected um, almost as soon as possible. Enzio, what's your take on those uh, those China numbers and their impact? Well, I think that the analysis that's rendered is a little bit perhaps off-theme because I think people are not rich by them, but many in the market feel that China's going through a cyclical slowdown when, in fact, I believe it's going through a structural slowdown. And what I mean by that is that the Chinese government has decided to introduce what they call party-state capitalism, whereby basically the party, not the government, the party decides which industries it wants to promote, such as technology, renewable energy, healthcare, consumer goods, it wants to promote those industries, and then it will tell the industries, in effect, what to do, how to get on with it. That's not good news because the private sector really is in charge of 80% of job creation, and if it struggles or thwarted in its freedom to determine demand-driven job opportunities, then the whole economy can't really take off. And I think that's at the heart of this problem with China's growth, because when they say, well, we can, we can use cyclical factors to solve the structural problem. It just doesn't work. It's like giving an alcoholic aspirin. Um, he, he or she just doesn't want to stop drinking because of that. Is it trying uh, Richard, to... Richard, go on. Yeah, just to follow. I mean, uh, I think Enzi is exactly right. We're looking at a structural change here. But there's another element to it. And it, it's, you know, I go back to the base effect and pure maths, is that if you're talking about a country with 1.4 billion people, 1.4 billion consumers, you cannot grow at a high rate forever. 
we saw fantastic growth rates and all, all credit to the authorities for stimulating this back in the 90s and in the double O's. And inevitably, economies slow down. Inevitably, a lot of people have fridges, a lot of people have cars, a lot of people have bought property. Uh, we saw great inflation in wages over that period too, so people could afford it. We're now seeing what is actually quite a normal slowdown uh, in, in, a, in the economy. And um, in a way, it's just going to mean that the authorities will have to manage the economy in a very different way than they have been up to now. And I guess, Richard, they've got to push away from property uh, going forward. That seems to have uh, perhaps, uh, some might, might say, artificially uh, boosted the economy. But uh, now it's all fallen over. Well, I don't know. I think property artificially as you say, boosts all economies, you know, this sort of stage. Um, uh, and China has been very much an export market. Now, I think it's going to take time for the economy to turn around. The uh, consumer has been favoured for a very long period of time. But, you know, as Enzio said, we've had a lot of policies that really hark back to the growth areas of 99 and 00. Um, and the authorities probably need to start looking at the kind of thing that the West does. Now, one should necessarily be in favour of uh, monetary stimulation, you know, essentially putting more and more money into the economy. Um, but the problem is, if everybody else is in doing it and you're not, uh, you're eventually going to be at a disadvantage, which is why I think the authorities are going to have to start looking at that sort of process uh, in the near future. Uh, turning to uh, other news, U U.S. retail sales uh, rising unexpectedly uh, in December. Also, U.K. inflation uh, is is back up as well. Uh, Enzio, you know, what what are the surprises around this? And, you know, there's been a lot of talk at Davos about uh, rate cuts in the summer, uh, comments from ECB President uh, Christine Lagarde overnight that uh, they, there will be some cuts in the summer. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the overall uh, Western economies here? Again, I think that people are mixing up cyclical problems with structural problems. I, for one, and along with many others, feel that there's a lot of structural inflation built into the U.S. labor market, since a lot of people simply don't want to work. So, of course, then, wages go up because the people who do decide to work get more money, which is great. Um, the other point that I that I think we need to emphasize and be very honest about it, but most of us economists, I will include myself, that totally undergage the amount of spare cash in the system given to the consumer off the back of COVID, and that that's not being spent. But again, I would caution that people, and thus I would caution that people who are, are positioning their portfolios for massive rate cuts as of this March already are going to be in for a huge disappointment in brackets open, huge losses in economists' talk, brackets closed, um, because the Fed is going to take its own time and it most importantly doesn't want to repeat the mistakes of that loose money that it's had for so many years, really going back to Greenspan. So it doesn't want to repeat its mistakes. That's why I think it will be more cautious, in other words, better safe than sorry. Richard, you know, the debt crisis has been circling for some time in the U.S. Uh, is that going to have an impact this year? It seems to be uh, politically charged, doesn't it? Well, I think people are now starting to point towards the high level of debt because, you know, every so often... 
uh, people look at these figures and say, you know, they're terribly high. At the moment, it seems to me that debt levels are manageable. And I don't think 2024 uh, is necessarily going to uh, affect things too much because this is a very long burn issue. And, and if, as long as you can service the debt, you're OK. The big thing is, you know, as they always say, it's all about events, dear boy. We don't know what events are coming around the corner. We didn't know that the whole of the Suez Canal Red Sea would be closed off to most shipping, you know, even even basically the 1st of January. So these things come around the corner and, and they can create a problem. Debt is certainly the key factor in terms of market crashes uh, starting to come around. But you really need some sort of trigger factor uh, to really uh, make people focus that, oh, hold on, maybe I can't pay back my debt, so therefore um, uh, I'm, I'm going to go bankrupt, or maybe I've got debt and I want to pay it off because um, uh, unless I do, I'm going to go bankrupt because my earnings are going round. And it's really when this debt crisis uh, comes around, what they call a credit crunch, uh, that you have a serious situation. Mm. I mean, Standard Chartered CEO Bill Winters uh, telling Bloomberg earlier on that the US could be hit by a little bit of a, a buyer's boycott if it doesn't sort out the debt mess. So, uh, you know, he, he obviously thinks there is a problem. Yes, I think that's right. And I think he's saying what quite a few other people are saying, uh, big hedge fund managers, uh, big heads of banks, they're all saying the same thing. Uh, but, of course, it's very easy if you're a bank to say this sort of thing because you know, you're right at the, the, the heart of the very problem. <laughs> Uh, in other Davos news, anything else that's caught your eye, um, you know, other than remarks, but you know, we heard earlier about Christine Lagarde. Are there other things, Richard, that uh, you're seeing at Davos? Well, I think China's been a big uh, feature. You know, obviously yesterday, and uh, uh, the head of J.P. Morgan, Jamie Dimon, came out and, and sort of said he's more cautious on China. And I think China is very important. I think the Chinese economy and whether it recovers or not is going to determine how good a 2024 we're all going to have. Uh, maybe last word on uh, China to, uh, to Enzio. Do you think China's going to have a good 2024, Enzio? Absolutely not. I would add to that that China is to the developing world what the U.S. economy is to the developed world. Both call the shots. And I'm afraid that until the, um, the, the policy, the, the very fundamental policy of this party-state capitalism is altered to allow the private sector more freedom in creating the jobs where it sees them to be necessary, I think the place is going to be pretty much stuck and Japanified, becomes a little bit of a Japanification, in other words, where you had slight deflation in Japan for many, many years. I'm, I'm afraid that China could well be running that risk, especially if it applies the wrong cyclical policy tools. I'm with it. And Richard, is Hong Kong, just very quickly, on a downward spiral here? Is that going to continue? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, that sounds rather counterintuitive to say, but, you know, what goes down must come up. We've had what's essentially been a market crash. Market's down 50%. Property market's down probably 15 going on 20%. You know, that's pretty, pretty big moves. In, in, and, and that should really have brought the market into the kind of valuations that investors should actually be looking at. Richard Harris uh, is CEO of Port Shelter Investment Management. Thanks, Richard. And thanks uh, also to Enzio von Fahl, Capital Preservation Specialist at Financial Shields.